Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Get off my plane. And this week is no exception as we roll into episode 252 of the podcast, taking a special look at one of the coolest men in Hollywood, one of the, one of the most bankable stars, one of the most well-known household names across the galaxy, Ooh. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Mr. Ford, who celebrated his birthday recently. So somehow we've actually looked into a topic that maybe it sounds like we've researched it. And I mean, it's just blind luck. It ticks three boxes. <laughs> it's about movies, yep. which is the fundamental part of this podcast. It's about a star who's got a new movie out, the new Indiana Jones film. Yeah. And it's also his birthday, or it was it, very it, close it was. to the it release was. of this episode. So yeah, I mean, this is very unlike us. It but is. To bring much. us back on level. I've not done any notes. There you go, good. That's fine. That answers our way. Don't know about you, but Harrison Ford as well. We're always looking for the characters in films. Uh, you know, we love the majesty of sitting in the cinema and it coming to life. And Harrison Ford is arguably one of the most consistently performing actors and has given us great characters like Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Robert Kimball. Kimball. You know, when we asked this week, who was your, who was your standout performance? And Anthony Marshall got in touch and was like, Kimball, forgot about that. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Mm. I was recently in Under Siege. <laughs> Anything to get a decent film from there, Tommy Lee Jones and the director. So Harrison Ford, as you discussed when we went off the um, went off air last time, one of the most consistent of there were Kurt Russell, who was probably the only other person that you could say has given us more cooler characters. So Harrison Ford, big news, and also Hollywood, bit of a renaissance with him as well. He seems to have fallen back in love with him. We see his antics. He was celebrated at the Cannes Festival, at the Oscars. He and the actor who played Data in The Goonies, and obviously short round in Indiana Jones, Temple of the Doom. A bit of a hug, a bit of a bromance. We love Harrison Ford, because as of this date, not tainted by any controversies. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Soon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Harris Ford is coming, but Indiana Jones, he's talked about there. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a person that's lent his chops to sci-fi, action, comedy, rom-coms. Don't give a shit. Thrillers and dramas. <laughs> so yes to anything. <laughs> very versatile. Has a eclectic filmography that spans, you know, six decades. That's very impressive. There are very few that do. Yeah. I know it's easier because he's a white man, <laughs> which is fine. But Harrison Ford as well has got that ability to... <sighs> So there's a thing about him when he used to do um, interviews as well. He always used to come across as a bit stoic, a bit of a dick, but then the complete 180, quite charming. Like I, I can't remember what, he was doing uh, questions with the audiences and some guy dressed up as Chewie obviously went, asked him a question and he went, you bastard. Yeah, you son <laughs> I, of a bitch. I love that sort of stuff. He can look inwards and take the best out of him. Is Harrison Ford the best? Is he the best? Maybe Is, maybe we'll answer that question Maybe, as maybe we probably podcast. won't, but you know. I mean... Yeah, I like Harrison Ford. I've always found him, uh, you know, that persona of him being quite rude, uh, stoic, arrogant in interviews and when promoting films, particularly post-2000s, as you would if you've just started yes. hom- homicide, uh, yeah. Hollywood homicide with uh, with Josh Harnett. You, I was going to say, be a bit bitter. genuinely thought that killed his career. Yeah. I did think that. I was like, oh, Harrison well, Ford's done. That was <laughs> the time where I, I was just getting confused with uh, random pairings of like... <laughs> Samuel Jackson and Eugene Levy, and then there was uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Fifty Cent. I'm sure. Oh no, that came out later. Oh, that okay. was that was that righteous kill. No, I was all about no. the 15 minutes one with Ed Burns. <laughs> and then, do you know? And then sometimes you and then there was like movie, Ride mate. Along, and there's Hollywood Homicide, and I'm pretty sure Ashton Kutcher probably went in a car as a detective. There was just a mess of these films. Yeah, where it was that. like two people that didn't want to be paired together. 
such like lethal weapon that we talked about last week. Oh. Thank you for everyone who downloaded that episode. It looks like the figures were very good. We seem to be on the bounce back from the, the from the disease that was the Steven Seagal episode. <laughs> Apparently, people didn't like it, or they why. just didn't bother even downloading it because it was a funny episode. But people just weren't turned on by the title. I guess. So Don't worry, we're back. Season. We're only going to do massive things next week. We're going to you know take on. Never mind. We'll, we'll get on to that. We'll, do, we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But one day at a time, James. One day at a time. But if you think about it, Harrison Ford. So, I don't know about you, my first instance of seeing Harrison Ford is definitely Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Hands down. Hands down. And it, what a charming, good-looking man he was. He is a good-looking man, isn't he? Mm. But Harrison Ford actually had these two stages in his career. It was when he was devilishly, devilishly handsome, mm. and then when he was fuck-ugly old man. And it was when... And I'm not having... I'm not, I'm not taking the piss... But when he was the old man, that's when he started to slip. He was maybe not doing the right movies that were coming along. But in the last 10 years or so, he switched it back on. Still one of Hollywood's most consistent actors. There's no lull. Carrying on. Still going, mate. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford, he was born on the 13th of July, 1942. As James said, he's 81. Born in Chicago. Born and raised. Mother was a voice actor. Father dabbled in theatre. So he did have a bit of a background. Um, started acting in 1964. We're going to talk about carpentry, obviously. There's obviously, the, you know, the, the working yeah. at Francis Ford Coppola's house when George Lucas asked him to audition. Um, known for films and roles, as we've said, Han Solo in Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan, uh, Rick Deckard in Blade Runner, Richard Kimball, Dr. Kimball. Dr. Kimball, yeah, don't forget his full title. Yes. Um, the president in Air Force One. Maybe. Ah, do you know what? There's an argument there, mate. And soon to make his MCU uh, debut is uh, in, in Captain America Brave New World uh, as Thunderbolt Ross. Yes. He's, um, he's, that's not a new character, is it? He's taken over from the actor that died the yes. other year. Yeah. I've forgotten his name. Hurt. Yes. Mm, sure. William Hurt. It was definitely William Hurt, yeah. I've, I was just getting myself confused then. I think it was William Hurt, yeah. Yes. Which yes. one was Elephant Man? No, that was William Hurt. <laughs> you can't speak. <laughs> this is why I got myself all confused. I always get my hurts mixed up. Um, doo -doo -doo. Uh, but also in American Graffiti, K19, The Widowmaker, What Lies Beneath. God, I remember reading yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the Expendables, when he replaced Bruce Willis, because his price tag went up for the third movie. Was William Hurt, you are correct, sir. It is William Hurt. Which was the elephant man? <laughs> Sorry. John Hurt. John, mate! Sorry. I, well done. Right. <laughs> and before anyone before anyone go, gets all mad and goes, um, this is a film podcast, I'm normally on the ball. You are I normally pull shit out of whatever weird brain I have around films. I've just had a really long week. It's been a long My week, My kid mate. got up at 4.30 this morning. I've heard from your wife. I've had a two and a half hour commute down from Newcastle to, to be back here. I'm tired. Might not be on my A game today. There's a listener going, well, why doesn't James pick up the slack? Because that's not my role in the podcast. <laughs> I'm supposed to be cynical. I barely tweet. <laughs> I'm here to rip piss and suggest films that nearly kill our podcast. <laughs> Under Siege, that was me. Yeah. Inner Space, that was me. <laughs> Wait, there's a pattern here. <laughs> Balls versus beardies, that one, mate. That wasn't, yeah. <laughs> Got rid of him. The Devil's Own, obviously. Brad Pitt. Played an Irish man. I did Threw play an Irish man. That when Brad Pitt used to do an accent. <laughs> well, he desperately tried. <laughs> Frantic. Cowboys and aliens, James. Never forget. And everyone has a death note. We're in House of Ford's case. Four, uh, three of them. Indiana Jones 4, Ender's Game, and Hollywood Homicide, which we've already talked about. He's the seventh most profitable actor in Hollywood. That's that doesn't surprise me. It surprised me about who would be ahead of him. And I've got I would say Kurt Russell, because I think Kurt Russell's just been doing it a bit longer. So this is the interesting thing about uh 
bankable stars nowadays. Mm. So Harrison Ford's movies have grossed over nine billion collectively. Oh, wait, say seventh. Yeah. He has the largest filmography, I think, other than Tom Hanks, who might be fourth. Yeah. But then most of the others are MCU alumni. So Robert Downey Jr., for Danny example. Yeah. Now, Samuel Jackson is number one, and you could say he has Star Wars under his belt, as well as most of uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies. Uh, but also the MCU, where he was in a lot of them films. That's a good shout So he never even thought about so it. So Sam Jackson is number one. Now, Harrison Ford moving into the MCU, though, is a smart move because I think that's going to pull him back up the ranks. He should, but however, he's picked a terrible time. <laughs> you see, MCU just seems to be dead on his arse. No one's interested at all about anything now. Yeah. yeah. But Harrison Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford, back on point. Yeah, seventh most bankable star. Um, and the only one other than Tom Hanks in that top seven without some of that MCU dollar dollar, his films on average bring in 107 million profit. <sighs> so obviously when you when you take the big giant ones like the Star Wars movies, Indiana Jones, and that's the other thing with Harrison Ford because obviously the, those films, uh, they have re-releases, special editions, director's cuts, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, 107. So it, that outweighs the Hollywood homicides, and but which was still profitable. Actually, still, still was a high-grossing movie. Shocking, shocking. Never forget. Um, known for action, adventure, sci-fi, drama, rom-com, and thrillers. As we, we're going to talk about the things about him being a carpenter. That's always the thing, isn't it? Good. It is always. Do, do you know? Do you, are you, in, are you, in, you know, you like? Do you like movies? I give you a fact for free. They say I get this all the time. You know, yeah. like, oh, do you do a movie? You do a movie podcast. Yeah, oh, you can use this one. <laughs> you know, Harrison Ford was a carpenter. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. See, but most people say, oh, he was a carpenter and he got his big break. No, because he was in American Graffiti. So, you know, you're yeah. right, but you're only half right. Well, actually, when he came to Hollywood... Don't he, you all right me, mate? He's, <laughs> he, he, reckons, he reckons he got his big break from needing a pee. <laughs> Go on. So when he came to Hollywood... <laughs> he desperately pissed on Quentin Tarantino. He was like, I love it. <laughs> Wanted to be... Yeah, of all, Quentin Tarantino was like, show me your feet and piss on me. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Next film. Yeah. <laughs> Saw it. He comes over to, to Hollywood, to LA, uh, wants to be a voice actor initially, which I was actually surprised looking at his filmography. There isn't more voice work in Harrison Ford's catalogue. Uh, he does catalog. have a very distinctive Great voice. Great voice. And like Tom Hanks, I think I think from not, you know, so Tom Hanks says that he he attributes the fact that his voice still sounds the same now as when it did in his early 30s. It's a good chance. actually. He doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, doesn't kind of party, keeps himself private. So he can keep returning to Toy Story and sounding like he did in the first so movie. So fucking bland, isn't he? But Harrison Ford's the same. I think he's got a great voice. That yeah. You think, God, he could have loaned that to no end of characters, games, TVs, comic books, um, animation. I know, you know, I know we haven't gone through this just yet, but do you want to know something about Harrison Ford? Is I thought he would... I th- I wanted to see him more as a villain. I think he's got he's got the chiseled good looks. And let's what be honest. Me, yeah, but... Very odd way of killing people, just seduce, like he sedates them, puts that's them in the bathroom. Really that's, that's a great Harrison Ford killer. Yeah. Right? But I was expecting like some sort of cheesy grin. I think he would have been good in the MCU earlier. If he was like, I don't know, 30 years ago, he would have been a good villain. Ender's game? Neither kill the box office. It didn't see it, mate. Like like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see it. He was actually a good guy in that bit, like I say. He killed the box office. Um <laughs> been so, number one if you want for that. Yeah. So he comes over to to LA and he gets his first role. He signs up to Paramount Pictures for a, a basically a standby. So when they're on the film lot and they've got 
10 productions going on and they need someone quickly put on yeah. a bartender's outfit, quickly dress up as a cowboy, quickly do this, 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 quickly on a retainer. <laughs> so he signs up, they're, they're like, they do the, the basic survey. Can you ride a horse? Can you do X, Y, and Z? He's like, yeah. He goes, they're like, cool, leave your name. He then leaves, decides actually at the last minute as he's waiting for the elevator, I need the toilet, I need a pee, turns back around, goes back, and then someone goes, actually, can you sign here now? $150 a week. Um, on a retainer so we need you know at a moment's notice we need you in the background and we need you to do X, Y, Z so he, he credits to the fact that he needed to go back to the bathroom is what got him that break yeah, fair enough then mm. Harrison Ford needed a piss Hollywood career number seven <laughs> <laughs> if it's something like Lenny Jackson's only number one because he needs to take a banging shit need knock one out quick <laughs> and Harrison to fucking oh damn it it would have been funny if I remembered his name Tom Hanks needed to do a line of coke there you go <laughs> Most interesting thing about him. There, there is a oh, joke. Actually, you, by the way, just kissing Sue's joke. Tom Hanks has invented the cocaine drink, hasn't he? Oh fuck off! Which is a champagne uh, with diet coke. Seriously, so it's a cocaine. Yeah, apparently the internet <sighs> went wild when he when he announced that earlier uh, earlier this year. I'm surprised he didn't do something like mental, like water with a bit of ice. Slice eleven, you the, mad bastard! The Hanks. <laughs> I love the Hanks, please. Oh, oh calm down. <laughs> Yeah, Harrison Ford, interested bloke. They goes on to do, like I say, some cameos, some background work, gets starts working in films like American Graffiti. Then we all know the story about working at Francis Ford Coppola's house, hanging a door mm. and request of the art director that was currently working with Francis Ford Coppola. Ford says he'll do it. Um, we know that uh, George Lucas doesn't like, or at the time didn't like, returning cast members, auditions 100 people for Han Solo. Um, initially uh, eventually sorry someone says we need someone like Harrison Ford do you want to come in just read the, read the lines to the other actors and then eventually George Lucas is like oh god you do it then never signed a contract for any of the Star Wars movies as well yeah also wanted out of the franchise well, there's that rumour as well that he wanted out and that's why he's frozen in the end of the second one because it yeah. gave him the option in case he didn't come back yeah he wanted know. the hero's death didn't he out of it and you know let's, let's do you want let's start here Star Wars is, if not one of the, if not the, it's one of the biggest franchises of all time. And a lot of that comes down to the majesty of the storyline. However, you've also got to take part. The characters, he's a space cowboy, mate. He's the original space he cowboy. He doesn't care. He's charisma. He's a rogue. There's a reason why we love that type of character, the rogue. Uh, I believe 1978 when they came out? 1977? 77. 77. He comes in and he oozes on the charisma and we don't like him to start off with. He's a dick. He's not. We as an audience, we wanted the greener than green. You know, the holy than no. Luke Skywalker was supposed to be our guy, but we fell in love just like a certain princess with that fucking rogue, that dashing rogue with a walking carpet as a best friend. He's a smuggler. He's not a hero at all in that first film. But Harrison Ford, do you know what? He's got one of the best smiles I've ever seen. I do. I'm proper fangirling because I actually I've realised this because I fucking love Harrison Ford. And when you talk about acting styles, maybe later, he's got an acting style that no one's got. He's a great physical actor. He and, is a great physical actor, and I, and that's not even what we fell in love with him in the first hours. He's cheeky. He's charming. It's that fight. It's that he's he's boyishly good looking, mate. He's the wrong one. He's the rogue with a heart of gold. He's a bad boy, mate. But we love him because we think we can change him. We love the Millennium Falcon. We love it's a shield. We love the fact that he can't do anything right. He's got moves, mate. He's moved slightly to the left. I loved Harrison Ford. I love Han Solo. If you can't recast that. So if we were to um, start there then, I suppose this podcast, we can't we can't say, you know, like we normally do when we do a deep dive into an actor's filmography and we normally rate a top three. We can't do it, it because it's, depending it's on, it's Indiana Jones or it's Star Wars, it's literally those three. I will say though, I do, I do think, whereas I stand by... 
I always stand by the original in a, in a saga because it's the one that created the universe and did the, the heavy lifting. Yeah. So I've always said that with Star Wars, I prefer New Hope because he did the heavy lifting, created a universe that we all fell in love with. Yes. And then it paved the way. It walked so others could run and that's why we got the brilliant um, Empire, Strikes, Empire Back. Strikes Back. Which I think everyone thinks is the critical success, but you're right. It doesn't have to build the story. It, the groundwork's been laid. Yeah. Standing on the shoulders of greatness. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good But shout. I will say, in terms of Indiana Jones, I do like Last Crusade. I think it's my favourite. I love them all. It's, I, do love, I do love them, but I, I do think out of that and Raiders... I love yeah. Raiders, but Raiders to me is always... Wait a minute, didn't you, when we had the bar the other day and you said you'd love Temple of Doom, it was your favourite. You had a Chianti, as I recall. <laughs> <You'd>... <laughs> when people say that, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> do you know what? I do like it. It's not got a touch on fucking Last Crusade or Raiders of the Earth. It doesn't, it doesn't. How can you not love the Last Crusade? Fucking, mate, just tell you now, I'm trying to explain to Esther why I love Indiana Jones so much. And I was like, it's when Sean Connery shoots his own plane and then has the balls to blame the Nazis. <laughs> it's a fucking great scene. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Yeah. That doesn't work in film. But he did. And you think as well, like, you think Harrison Ford was already in his mid-30s by that point. Yes. And, and you'd be like, so it wasn't like an 18, 19, you know, Tom Holland, Uncharted, kind of carrying the weight of a franchise on his shoulders. Like, it was, it was, 30 in, in yeah. his 30s by that point and Sean Connery you're like he was all dead as well yeah. <laughs> like, like, my, my my time of Sean Connery is like he was young during James Bond movies and then he's been old oh mine goes mine, go, mine goes he was a young James Bond then he did that film where he's wearing a red thong oh yeah and then he's old James Bond and then he was in Trapment let's never forget <laughs> and, then, and then he was in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and he killed everyone's career so. Never forget that red fong that Sean Connery wore. Zardo, as I recall. I think it was, yeah. Fucking hell, got no life, mate. Got no life. So American Graffiti in 73. Um, I, I, don't, I don't mind American Graffiti. I, I like Ron Howard as a director yeah. and as an actor. Um, I, American Graffiti as well. I like that time. I like that whole, like, 60s diner. Um, he you is know, the, the Thunderbirds and the cool kids. It's a it's a coming of age. It's end of summer film. It's a great microscope film as well. Yeah, it, it really goes. It does a great cross section of life at that time. Plays the uh, the guy in the other car, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a great wind up merchant as as one. Recalls. And it's obviously it's a Richard Dreyfuss movie and Ron Howard who kind of carried the the main point of the movie. TV uh, films, TV work, TV series up until seventy seven when we talked about Star Wars: A New Hope coming out. Um, I mean, just massive, like huge, huge movie to come out. Uh, broke the box office that year. Lucas, you know, there's a favorite story. Went on holiday because he couldn't bear the thought of it being uh, being slated, and then gets the message from Spielberg saying it's a massive hit, bud. You've you've done it. Yeah. Um, you know, and paving the way for for obviously the 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 holiday special that came out the year later. Yeah, when everyone was off their tits. No one even remembers making that. <laughs> Have you seen it? Because there's a clip where there's definitely people on cocaine. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, Hanover Street in 79, but then Apocalypse Now, which I remember getting Apocalypse Now on DVD, seeing the cast list and being like, fucking hell, there's people in this. Well, was and Harrison it, Ford was the one that really stuck up, it, like, oh, he's it, in that first scene. Is it Harrison Ford that's like fourth on the list and he's in it <laughs> yeah, for 30 yeah. seconds? And you're like, oh, he's Harrison and he's, Ford. And he's not even Larry the- Fishburne's like right at the bottom and the fuck is in it for the most of the film. Ford's <laughs> in it for like the first scene. And he's not even like driving the scene he's just kind of like there and, and like says a, like the odd line or whatever and he's like oh yeah yeah top bill cast yeah, yeah obviously yeah. star wars would do that at the time apocalypse now we'll have to do a deep dive into that and maybe Viet- vietnam war movies at some point yeah vietnam wars are a great subject there is a uh there's the great story as well about you know old uh 
Francis Ford Coppola showing up and then he sees what's happened to the world's greatest star. <laughs> Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando yeah. and being like, right, time to rechange this film. And there's also the other film based on the book, which is, ah, oh, fuck it, can't remember what it's called, but that's a great film as well. That, I forgot about the cast. It's fucking Dennis Hopper shows up at the end. Yeah. yeah. Mate. Duval loves the Heart of Darkness. Napalm. That's what the book's called. Boom. Tell your friends. There you go. <laughs> I'll cover the films, you cover the books. Yeah, you go, sorted. Um, uh, the Frisco Kid, more American graffiti, uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back in 80, 1980, and then 81, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark was... Do you know what? Space has always been cool, but there is something about... When you were a kid, did you ever want to... Did you ever want to... Question yes. is, did you ever want to be an... Yes, arche- I did. Did you ever want to be an archaeologist? No, but did you want to be Indiana Jones? Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's something... That, extravagant and amazing about a cool guy with a whip that let's be honest doesn't really help mm. it doesn't, so it doesn't so help so he's 39 by this point that's ridiculous sorry you know is? yeah so that came out in 81 he was born in 42 fucking hell it, fucking hell what's weird though is he hasn't had that many credits but he's had two of the biggest roles that any actor would be desperate to have and he's got two of them and if you think about it as well and never forget that they wanted Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones they wanted Tom Selleck, Mr. Mustache, Mr. P.I. Magnum, and they went, it, oh, I couldn't have watched it. Needed to be Harrison Ford. His five o'clock shadow, he made it sexy, mate. He did. I, I like to think there is that alternative universe where Selleck did get it. And smashed it. But then, the, you know, if you look at the roles that Ford turned down, so Ford turned down The Patriot that Mel Gibson took. Good. Mel Gibson was just like, let me kill more brave. <laughs> just uh, fucking he's, got, he's got a taste after brave eyes. Like, he's got the biggest direction, please. <laughs> <laughs> let me kill more British. Jason Isaacs, I don't care who it is. I'll kill him. I'll anyone. kill him all. <laughs> um, what was the other film that he turned Jurassic Park. Really? Alan Grant, yeah. Oh, I would have liked that. Yeah, so famously called Spielberg out on the red carpet once at, uh, at I think, Indiana Jones 4 premiere. Um, those people that bothered to turn up to that. Yeah, not many. And um, said, Actually, that's not true. To the premiere, a lot of people would have gone, yeah. is afterwards. Mate. Yeah, no after the first gone. reviews came yeah. out. Yeah, there was, um, <coughs> he said on the red carpet, he goes, oh yeah, Spielberg only hires me for these bits. And then Spielberg comes over and is like, actually, I did try and get you for just probably turn it down. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of glad. glad. I'm I'm glad. glad. I, I like Sam Neill. Yeah, 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 I think the world is glad that uh, we got a Sam Neill uh, yeah, version. Yeah. 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 Um, and there is another, another massive, oh, um, can you remember the movie, um, George Clooney ended up doing it, Perfect Storm. Yep. Yeah. So again, Harrison Ford turned that one down as well. Good. Well, I you didn't li- mind Perfect Storm. I was going to say, you like it. I put it on when I've got insomnia. I can tolerate Mark Wahlberg in that. No, you can't. All right. Can give it a go. What irritates me is well, he's the last to die. He <laughs> should have yeah. been, been the first. If, if you can have Mark Wahlberg in a film, he should be the first to die, well, not it. the last. That's it. Like, you know, you see the ship go down and... and it's like the one where he sends a telepathic message to his wife and she's like, right, yep. I would have been like, gags. Yeah, the, the film does end with him just floating in the sea and you get the impression that he didn't make it back to land. I mean, the film starts with like a wall of everyone who's died at sea and it says perfect storm and you're like hold on so between the film title and this foreshadowing I oh, think I know where this well, film's they're going they're the fishermen they belong on the sea I'm sure that's a fucking line in there because I remember thinking that's when I'm done but there's a bit of, there's a bit of George Clooney like the boat Mark Woodburg swims out of the boat as it sinks and he looks back and George Clooney decides to stay on the boat like I'm going down with the ship and it's like have you seen the ship it was a shit hole like the sea's done you a favour <laughs> I feel in favour he's just like it's just like, no, he then took a shotgun out and so blow If it's going to go down, I'll kill it. Yeah. <laughs> just no, like no, he, he just emerges with a flavour. Yeah. He's like, I'll take you see. I'll take you. <laughs> Drinking it. 
<laughs> mate, mate as fuck. Suit. I would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> Just I, punching it. <laughs> my <laughs> memory of uh, that film as well, I bought it on VHS and it came in one of these cases that it was, an, it was a Blockbuster X rental when they used to sell it. So it was massive. Yeah, yeah. So the case was huge. And the DVD kind of like sat in a frame in the middle. I remember it just pissing off because I had this uh, like uh, film shelf that it didn't fit on. Yep. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Anyway, Harrison Ford. Harrison, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what we did. Turned it, it down. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> hey, George Clooney owned that role. He did own it. This is, is the point where you're like, no, Harrison Ford was going to play the boat. He's going to play the sea, mate. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, you, right, so you look at 80, 1980 to 1983, 1984, and then 1985. So these are the order of films that came out. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, and then Witness. And the only reason why I bring Witness in is because Witness is the only time it's been a, a, was, a, a Academy Award nominated. I was going to say, you, you say all of those things, but Witness is the film that, yeah, Witness is the one where he has to be the bodyguard for an Amish yes. girl who's witnessed a crime. Yep. So he's the bodyguard. I don't even dislike that film. I think that's pretty good. That's where he starts getting his role. But the films that you just mentioned there, if you look at those period of years, no one's bringing out Belters more than him. Mm. He's bankable, mate. He's the number one star in the world. Harrison Ford is top dog. Number one, he's Indiana Jones and Han Solo. And even has time to get the old cheeky nomination for an Academy Award. That's, let's be honest, mate, that's fucking impressive. I mean, that's a good 80s, isn't that's, it? That's a fucking phenomenal 80s. I mean, I was still in the sack in the 80s, so. <laughs> I was, like, this I was before I was born. He had achieved more before I was born than I, I achieved in my life. I think by the time I'd learned to walk, he completed it, mate. <laughs> if you look at Witness as well, like the cast of that, House of Ford is one. Um, Lucas has, who you don't see enough of nowadays. Uh, D- Danny Glover is in the movie. But then also, Alexander Godunov. Oh, yeah. A Russian ballerina. Who was Carl in Die Hard? Yep. I don't even remember him. I genuinely thought he showed up for Carl in Die Hard and then disappeared. And that's it. And he was like, I completed acting. Just, I've, I can't give the world anything better. I somehow didn't die when I was... <laughs> Mate, you know what? You don't see witness. You know when it's late night movie time. You don't see witness about. You do not see enough witness actually on television. Oh, I've seen a bit. A bit I just already, I'm already thinking ahead to the 2000s and thinking what went wrong. Yeah, you know I mean? you got these 80s films that are so good. So we just so when we're talking about epic characters that he's played, obviously everyone's shouting out Han Solo, everyone's shouting out Indiana Jones because they're the biggest ones. Mm. But we've done Indiana Jones and we've done Star Wars. So let's take a side route and go the. The vision of the future that's portrayed in the... If I'm doing books, do electric sheep have dreams, which yeah. is what the <laughs> film Blade Runner is based on. What a phenomenal series of... Depending on which cut you've read or watched, kind of depends on your view of the film. I get the feeling you're not a big fan of Blade Runner, right? The first one. I know we both like uh, Villeneuve's second one. I, the first I, yeah, one. the thing with the first one is I didn't see it as a budding developing film enthusiast. So this film came out five years before I was born and it's the kind of film that I play catch up with. You know, Terminator came out before I was old enough to see yeah, it. Yeah, that's I, a good I show. I made sure yeah. I watched it. Blade Runner I saw way into my teens, probably into my 20s. Um, and, and as I said, seen films like Alien, had seen films like uh, Terminator by this point. And so Blade Runner... Blade Runner is the sophisticated sci-fi, yeah. um, you know, and I'd seen Star Wars, which was the the the, the fantasy soap opera in in the sky. So Blade Runner, I think at the time I didn't appreciate because it ends with that big soliloquy at the end, doesn't it? The yeah, the, the, kind of scene, where which you, he which he fucking throws out of nowhere and yeah. just basically starts crying, and you're like, where the fuck? Why? <laughs> and and I didn't get the whole. I don't think I really kind of bought into the whole like replicant. <laughs> 
idea is he isn't he the big kind of the ending that it kind of leaves you on the Ridley Scott it's, kind of cliffhanger yeah is that that aside I've got to say I love the character of Deckard he's brilliant he's kind of a dick there's no scene and it's funny because it's going to mention something next week when we talk about TV shows and things that we're watching it's weird that there's a primary character that you don't engage with Harrison Ford's made a career out of being the cool one yeah let's be honest all of his roles were cool but, but Deckard's kind of a weirdo he doesn't want the job he's just like I want to get out of here and then it's He's got to hunt down these people that are more sophisticated. And it's not an action film. But do you know what I love most about Blade Runner? And I've got a, it's a Harrison Ford episode. It's actually not what Harrison Ford, I don't like Harrison Ford the most in it. I love the building, you know, like the massive advertisements where yeah. there's fly cars. I love the world they build so much. <clears throat> like, oh, you can't get real snake because everything's cloned. Like the idea of authenticity is gone. I fucking love the world of Blade Runner. Yeah. And it was devastating when they, they well, there's a sequel in the works, but it, it took so long to come out. I love that world. I think it was the first time I saw. So the future in like the 70s was always awesome. I know like Star Wars isn't that awesome. So it's probably, probably a bad <laughs> example, but the future always looked like it was going to be better. I believe the first time I saw Blade Runner, I was like, the future looks like a shithole. Yeah. And it, weirdly, it's the most, it's the one that's most realistic when we live in, when as you get older, there's like, there's like rubbish everywhere, mm. isn't there? It's rubbish everywhere. Everyone's horrible. We live in squad. And you're like, oh, Blade Runner got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought Blade Runner was a great film. And it's Harrison Ford's ability to be not the cool guy, which I think really shines out in his career at this stage. And I, I love Blade Runner. I'm one of those people that's like, oh, it's great. I'm of, I watched the cut where he is, I think I went with the director's cut. That's the version. He is a replicant, which is weird because in a sequel, Felix only isn't. But, you know, it's, I don't care that much. It's not a Blade Runner episode. It's about Harrison Ford. It's a great film. Love Blade Runner. That's yeah. Daryl Hannah's great in that film as well. She is great in that film as well. She's just randomly doing backflips and whatnot. the mannequins and that. And, and, and Sean Young's great in it as well. Um, you know, I think it's a great film. I, yeah, I think, didn't appreciate it the first time I watched it. I think going back to it, and, and it was always like, I don't know, I suppose the, the party conversation of like what's your, what's your film confession man was always I don't I didn't get Blade Runner because I didn't give it my attention or focus when I first watched it going back in preparation for 2049 though and rewatching it I was like fuck this film is really really good yeah. actually I think um, I do I think it's a film of due renaissance as in if you haven't seen it for a while go and check it out yeah uh, Witness that we talked about the Mosquito Coast then coming out in, in 86 Frantic and Working Girl in 88 oh Working Girl I liked Working Girl. I liked Working Girl as well. Again, not afraid to try something a bit different. Mm. Yeah. Don't really remember that much, but I remember liking it. And then the big in in 89, closing off what is already an amazing decade for Harrison Ford, and that is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. My personal favourite Harrison Ford movie. I think that film, I mean, he created Indiana Jones and has gone on to say it's his greatest creation, best character he's been in, most proudest achievement is Indiana Jones, and it should be. Doesn't want to see it recreated. He doesn't want to see it recast. He said that when India, when I die, Indiana Jones dies as well. And do you know what? It's nice to kind of hear that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick of these people going, oh, I'll pass on the mantle. <laughs> so I was like, no, <laughs> Indiana Jones is mine. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I think whereas the first two movies, he was able to craft it. I think he was able to perfect it in Last Crusade. I think the writing, the pacing... And the final set sequence of that last film for a particularly, I really hope kids and young adults nowadays find that film and it inspires as much as it did when I watched it and generations before me. Like that film was so impressionable. Randomly at Christmas, yeah, watching that film and being like, that is incredible. There, 
they're in America and now he's left the university. He's in Venice and now they're under this tomb and now they're going there and he's found this map and now he's on a blimp, he's on a Zeppelin thing and he's pretending to be a Nazi and now there's tanks and he's in a castle and then there's all this and then he's gone off the canyon thing. No, he hasn't. Oh my God. And now they're in Jordan and the whole end sequence. It's just such a good film. There's genuinely a question. I was in university and we were talking about Indiana Jones because it's long been one of my favourite characters of all time. And I was dating a girl, I can't remember if it was Laura. She genuinely said, she asked a question. She went, why does Harrison Ford look sexier dressed as a Nazi? And I was like, I don't know. What a weird question. But what's really weird is when you take the moments of Indiana Jones, the ridiculousness, never forget that in the third movie, he meets Hitler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's ridiculous. It's some of the best film I've ever seen. Mm. I, I... I'm so looking forward to having kids so I can watch Indiana Jones with them for the first time because yeah. Indiana Jones is a magical character that took took a subject matter that no one give a shit about and made it like the coolest profession in the world. At some point, every child that's man, woman, non-binary has wanted to put on a hat and use a whip to steal the frigging declaration of independence. <laughs> <laughs> Bit yeah. mix, bit mix. You know what I mean. He, everyone at one point in their life, no matter how young or small, has considered buying a fedora hat and gone, I could be Indiana Jones. I don't think anyone could pull it off, though. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And I like, and I've got to admit, I have seen the fifth one. It will come up later when we get to the 2023 period. But Harrison Ford, I love the fact, has said, no, when I'm gone, Indiana Jones is gone. It's mine. And I, and I like mm. that refreshing attitude of like, no, it's mine. Leave it. When I can't do it anymore, just move on. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, after that, going into the 90s, uh, starring with Raul Julia in um, Presumed Innocent, a yeah. lawyer investigating the murder of a colleague and finds himself connected to the crime. Mm. Sounds like another movie that's about to come out oh, whoa, whoa. in the 90s. Certain massive box office success, which come out in 93. We're getting to it. Um, but then uh, Patriot Games. So regarding Henry, I haven't seen. I've seen Regarding Henry. Is it? I liked it. It's a good film as well. Not seen it. I've definitely seen Patriot Games, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Patriot Games. So it's his first run out. as. So if the Brits have got James Bond. The Americans have got Tom Clancy's version of Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan, who this wasn't the first Jack Ryan story. It had been Alec Baldwin had been playing him in The Hunt for Red October. And I still think that's arguably the best film. Sean Connery's sighing. There you go. Yes. And a Sam Neill sighing. However, uh, Harrison Ford's time as Jack Ryan was quite possibly the most profitable up until you could argue now. Well, when Ben Affleck did it. No, Krasinski. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Never forget Ben Affleck did it. But Patriot Games, <sighs> do you know what, who's he going to get? Some sort of IRA guy is going to come against him, but who's hot at the minute? Or not hot, Mr. Britain, Sean Bean. Sean Bean, who Can't was so that. hot, they, they called him back after to kill him in a different way. <laughs> yes, because Harrison Ford didn't kill him enough. enough. <laughs> yeah, he's not dead enough by the end of the film. So he has to impale him on, a, on an anchor. So what's right, great? What's great is you're looking at the top 10 bankable actors of all time. And at the fucking end of Patriot Game, Samuel L. Jackson's in it for no reason. He's just at the end of the house party. He's like, yeah, I'll come. <laughs> he's, he's odd. There was, what's like, the other like, one He there? was worried that Harrison Ford was coming for number one. So he's like, I fucking have, I'm in your film. There's, um, is it True Romance or something like that? There's another Samuel Jackson. I, True, mean, I, know there's quite I think a few. he is. Yeah, he's there buying drugs off Gary Oldman and Gary Oldman kills him. Yeah. I'm sure that's there's it. There's just yeah. loads of random Samuel Jackson. That's sightings. why he's number one. He just <laughs> wants to get his fucking fingers in all the bars. Um, I like Patriot Games. It's brilliant. Ridiculous absolutely fucking ridiculous. And that's from the Sean Bean's accent to just pretty much everything. However, it's the fun kind of ridiculous. You know, he's a CIA analyst and he wants to take on the IRA after the IRA tried to kill 
I love this. They tried to kill a member of the British royal family. Mm. Just so happens that Jack Ryan's on holiday. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> That's how many films start, though, isn't it? Uh, wrong place, wrong time. He stops them. He accidentally kills. He doesn't even kill him, but he's responsible for Sean Bean's younger brother's death. That's it. Film done. <laughs> he's going to hunt you now for the rest of the film. Know. Yeah. Young Indiana Jones Chronicles uh, in 93 did it as a goodwill favour to George Lucas. Didn't want the TV show. Gone on later to say didn't want anyone else reprising the role. Didn't want anyone influencing that character. Um, yeah. But did cameo in a bookend scene for as a favour to George Lucas to try and help boost the ratings, but then it was ultimately cancelled straight away afterwards. Good. Yeah, I remember it being on TV, on ITV growing up and just being uninterested. Yeah, I remember being like, <clears throat> I remember being disappointed because I saw Indiana Jones watch it and went like, this isn't Indiana Jones. Mm. And also, you, Some you, you, no one can have that much adventure. Do you know? <laughs> too much adventure. <laughs> too much. That was the problem. Um, 93, The Fugitive. Now, I'll tell you the only downside to the film The Fugitive. Is it because he gets rid of his beard too early? That I've actually <laughs> thought that previously. <laughs> I thought that's what I thought. They're like, it's the first time I've seen Harrison Bond because he's perpetually five o'clock shadow. Yeah. <laughs> perpetually. It's like, as soon as he shaves, the five o'clock shadow grows. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> My thing with The Fugitive is that Liam, uh, Leslie Nielsen did a movie called Wrongfully Accused, which funny. so perfectly took the piss out of this film. You can't now go back. If you've, if you've not seen Wrongfully Accused, so, talk, talk about scene. it's so good. <laughs> you know the scene that you want to talk I, about. There's so much I'd want to talk about. I, it's for me, it's definitely, it's the train. He's out running the train. So he turns left, it turns left. Oh, he yeah. turns right, it turns right. He has, he has to find a tree and he looks behind <laughs> the train's looking for him. It's, I mean, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, like, you know, for his spoofs in like Naked Guns and stuff like that. But Wrongfully Accused, every millisecond of that film is designed to be piss-taking. Tom York's in it with a brilliant role in it in that as well. But it, I mean, it's got that great line in it as well. Where, um, and it's it's an off-camera scene where he, um, he kind of stands up and uh, he goes, what a peculiar look your dog's got uh, on his face. And, he, and the woman goes, oh, that's, that's his ass. And he goes, oh, he won't enjoy that treat I just gave him. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's just, and it's just a throwaway bit. And then they, off they go. And it's so funny. But it does take the piss so much don't, out of the fugitive. Don't want to do it, mate. But you know the Naked Gun series? It's me when they, they're walking around the queue section and he walks he walks through the set. I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. Whenever he goes through the door, he just walks around the set. I fucking love that joke. <laughs> fucking a 4-4 four, four break like that, mate. Beautiful. Yeah. And Leslie Nielsen, let's be honest, we miss those genre films. Yeah. Comedy isn't like that anymore. You could argue it's time is done, but that's because Leslie Nielsen perfected the fuck and, out of that. And if you ever need to uh, pick me up laugh if you're having a bad day, just Google uh, Leslie Nielsen fart machine uh, he used to do press junkets where people would sit down to ask him about the movie with a fart machine. And it was so, it's so brilliant. And the guy was like in his 70s at the time. He was always, he was perpetually in his 70s, wasn't he? Oh, he's just, just brilliant. Oh, fuck, shouldn't do it. But fucking, about aeroplanes. I was so going to say fucking classics. airplane when he comes back in the middle of the crisis. I love everything about it. Uh, returned in, oh, so yeah, so the fugitive, Tommy Jones. Uh, a lot of people don't recognise or want to acknowledge the unofficial sequel that was US Marshals. It wasn't even an unofficial, it was definitely, I, do you know what, the only thing that upset me about US Marshals was that they don't call Kimball just as a cameo to go, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Fugitive, I think it's brilliant, but I genuinely think US Marshals is up there as a great film as well. Yeah, like, that's before Robert Downey Jr. was a household name. As yeah, Iron exactly. Man. And he was a, he was a marshal. He was a marshal. And then there's a, Wesley Snipes. Where's his Snipes. He, He's wrongfully accused. He was wrong. <laughs> no, he did do it, but he did, he did it for yeah, good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. And, um, and but, it's actually Robert Downey Jr. Spoiler. 
Before this is before Iron Man, so Robert Downey Jr., there's a, there's a strong chance he's the villain. It was before he was Iron Man and Shaggy Dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wasn't Shaggy Dog, Tim <laughs> Allen was, James. I won't have that on this podcast. Doesn't he turn a... Doesn't, right, right, sorry. But doesn't Robert Downey Jr. turn into a dog on the stand in a trial? Oh, I thought he was the scientist. <laughs> I thought he worked in the... I'll be honest, I've actually never seen Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Googling it. <laughs> right, okay, while you're talking about this, what I really like about is... Uh, do you know what, again, Tommy Lee Jones... What I really like about his character is he's an arsehole. Like in the fugitive as well. You're never on his side. I really like oh my god, you're actually Googling it. Yeah, Shaggy Dog. Yeah. <sighs> it's Tim Allen that turns it's, to the doctor. Oh, okay. The thing is, in it, right? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. He's the doctor, Dr. Kozak. I, I thought he t- at some point I thought he was acting like oh, a dog you know on what? the stand I, in a legal. Earlier, I know I got my hurts nearly mixed up, but for the record I didn't. I did get my hurts you right. Did get your hurts right. Just panicked a little bit. I really wouldn't have slept tonight if I've got my shaggy dog facts wrong. I know you wouldn't, mate. Um, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. This episode wouldn't have come out. <laughs> You'd have nuked it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm going to say again, I like the fugitive. Love the fact as well that they even take, because it's based on TV series, that in it is like, you know, the janitor from the Scrubs and that becomes a plot line yeah, in the TV in scrubs. scrubs. I fucking love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. What's that? What? I saw a fugitive. Uh, it was, I was tired. Uh, I saw it recently, within the, this year, certainly. I was tired. I was going to go to bed and I like pressed the remote by accident and it loaded up ITV and uh, it was like, the, the, the fugitive- title screen came up, The Fugitive. I was like, oh, I'm sticking around, see what we're up to. And I must have caught it at the first adverts because the film was just starting. I was like, oh, oh buckle in. I'm, I'm here. I'm here till three in the morning. Do you know what I like as well? About The Fugitive? The fucking villain who I've only ever seen a villain, I'm sure, in a Bond film as well. He's such a great fucking villain because he does such a good job of making you think he's not the villain. Mm. <clears throat> but he's the only character you spent time with, so he must be the villain. <laughs> you know when he like gives him money and then he gets into it, like Tommy Lee Jones is like, have you met Richard yet? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. It's like, what did you do? It's like, oh, I gave him money. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Love the villain. Did such a good job of red herring me. We've got... Um... Clear and Present Danger, the Jack Ryan sequel in 94. I had this on VHS as well. This is great because this opens up the Jack Ryan lore. So now you get a William Dafoe playing Lee Clark, who was like the the actual James Bond. Uh, Clark was the soldier that was in there. And I thought William Dafoe did such an amazing job, a great chemistry. Because this is about war on drugs, isn't it? Yes. This is the this is the one where you, we have to discuss if it's going in a vault. Because right at the end... The fucking president has the audacity to go, clear there is there, a yeah. clear and present danger. Yeah, the rule is, if they say the name of the film, we have to discuss whether or not it's a vault contender. It's not. It's not. <laughs> because I'm, do you know what? This shows my naivety. I mean, I was I was eight when this film came out, or seven or eight. And I remember the, all the action happens at the end. It's yes. probably a 90s movie where yes. it's all storyline, and then the explosions happen at the end of the film. Where Jack Ryan doesn't... Jack Ryan, do you know what? Oh, Harrison Ford does an absolute great job with his physicality of not look threatening. Mm. He doesn't look threatening in the film, which he's not supposed to. He literally runs. I love I love what Harrison Ford run. Anyway. We're in present danger. Well, it's not the sum of all fears, though, is it? No. But nothing is, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. Sabrina, the remake of the Humphrey Bogart and um, what was the name? How uh, Audrey Hepburn. Go on, mate, don't like film. it. Not I a fan. wasn't. I mean, if it's mid nineties and I want to see a film about a, a you know a, a young heroine falling for the wrong brother, I want to see why you're sleeping. Yes, I thought genuinely thought you were going to say um, Moonstruck. The one Nicholas Cage has got one is a baker with one hand. We share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what you were going. Just never Sorry. forget that. <laughs> never forget that. My Oscar. Hand. She, she won an Oscar for that. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Handed though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Sabrina, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I he was a fan. Far, though, yeah. The original's better, a lot better. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Forge, you can't win them all. You're not doing too bad, mate. Uh, we've we've already danced with the devil with the devil's own talking about uh, oh, fucking uh, the bad IRA bit. terrorist once again. I mean, he's had a. It's too not be one enough. <laughs> this time it's Brad Pitt's time to have a go at the old uh, accent again. He, what's really weird is he goes to live with a cop. That's weird. It is weird. It's a good film though. It's all right. It's watchable. It's all right. I uh, I, I I didn't think too much to it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I just it just wasn't my cup of tea. Because in 97, the Air Force One came out. Now, this is when Harrison Ford is throwing that Harrison Ford weight around in Hollywood. Yes. Titanic was due to come out around the same month. Harrison Ford had done so much work for Paramount. Um, when he heard that Titanic was moving the date of their release, he called up like the CEO was like, you do not. I'm the fucking president of, of this film. Um, you're not releasing Titanic the same. That's my box office weekend. <laughs> if you fucking move Titanic, I'll put Air Force One up your fucking ass. Because <laughs> I'm Harrison Ford. Hugely profitable. I'm going to tell you now, I fucking love Air Force One. And also, is what started here was a, was like a trend of 20 years where US presidents and the White House would get taken down because soon after this, 24... Not soon after this. When was this? Nice. Oh, okay, so it was like 20 years later. <laughs> However... I well, loved the first it. 24 came out in like 2004, didn't no, it? No, yeah, but then all right. Then, yeah, so, so it did start like this record. But I'm going to tell you now, the fucking president, mate, the president doesn't want to evacuate. His, his family is still on Air Force One. Okay, who's the villain? All right, it's Gary Oldman on a fucking one to Gary Oldman scale. He's double the old... Mate, he's ripping... The reason that plane's falling out of the sky is because he ripped it up and he's fucking eating it because he's, he's trying to scenery. find him. Harrison Ford as the president is one of the best presidents. Up there. He's up there with... Is he up there? Bill Pullman? He's up there with Bill Pullman. I would say he's up there. Mate, he doesn't wait for the army to take names. He takes his own names. He somehow hides behind a chair, which I still don't understand. There's a revolving chair that he must have genuinely fucking like right cocoon. Because <laughs> a terrorist comes in, he can't see him, which means he's perfectly hidden his entire silhouette behind a chair. <laughs> and that's the sort of president I want. <laughs> don't get off the plane. Why? Fuck you. And then what happens after that, mate? He still carries on. And I'm going to tell you now, because I've been messaging him on fucking Twitter, the bad guy at the end is Xander Berkeley. He is, yeah. Fucking love you, Xander Berkeley. Please come on the show. I mean, it's huge. I mean, William H. Macy's in it. Fuck him. I don't like William H. Macy. And Do I, you know and I'll be honest, I don't know why. The only film I've ever liked him in is um, Thank Wild You. Hogs. Thank you for smoking. And it's purely for the line, the greatest state of Vermont will not apologise for its cheese. <laughs> Mate, fucking <laughs> after that, done. Um, Glenn Close. Not the first time. Oh, I forgot about Closey. Uh, yeah. She's the vice president in that. I was about to misquote and say it was the president's wife, but she's no, the vice president. She is, because she, she's got bigger balls than a terrorist, as I recall the guy from Quantum Leap saying. That's right, the guy from Quantum Leap's in it. <laughs> don't learn his name. No, I, don't I was going to say it's got Jürgen Prochnow Proch yeah. in it. Uh, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Now he's, you know, what was that, what was that, night five, Judge Dredd? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Round then. Bloody, what a time to be alive. The only nice. downside about that is that's a great film until the CGI at the end, but it was 95 where he, he turns into MS Paint, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. It explodes into cylinders. <laughs> well, we always say this about, um, we always say this about um, Those films. animals in, in film. I'd rather see a CGI animal so it means that a real animal wasn't abused. No, I'd or, rather see the plane. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and, you, know, you know how I feel about aviation, James. I don't want to see no harm to any planes. <laughs> uh, oh, what a film as well, because it's such bollocks. It's one of those films as well that, what were we talking about? You know when we talk about Armageddon where something always goes wrong for 
Ben Affleck's character. In this, it's just like, I finally killed the terrorist. Oh, you've got no fuel. Mm. Oh, now you've got no parachutes. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, just cut the man a break. He just, I mean, he just, he should have jumped out of the plane at the end with just an American flag. Yes. To, to like, to, to <laughs> watch karate chopping villains. <laughs> <laughs> Film. I would, I would pay. I mean, I mean, by this point, I mean, you know, you know, in the nineties, I mean, in the eighties and seventies, fucking, he's owned it. He's done Star Wars in the seventies. He's done Indiana Jones and Blade Runner, and you know, in in the in the eighties. And by the nineties, he is Mr. America he with clear Mr. present danger. With you know, he's Jack Ryan with Patriot Games, and now he's doing this. Oh yeah, he did Sabrina, but he, he, yeah, he's he Air can't Force win him as well. I love Air Force One. It's so great. It's one of those films as well that's always in the back of my mind when we talk about films to do, especially if we're going to do nineties action films, which is how we're headed. I did fucking yes, Air Force One. And talking to plane crashes shortly after six days, seven nights with Anne Hesh. Going to tell you now, quite like that film when it first came out. I I can't imagine age as well. David Schwimmer's in it, so it doesn't age well. Uh, does he play? Did I he like plays David original? Schwimmer, but yeah. the, any 90s movie with David Schwimmer in it, you're like, ah, friends. Famous. Because they're complete opposites, aren't they? And then she charters a flight, flight because uh, David Schwimmer's the husband or fiance of Anna Fiance, Hirsch. I believe. Because also, uh, I think Harris Ford turned down the movie Proof of Life with Meg Ryan, and I may get them two mixed up. Ah. Oh. Russell Crowe went on to do. Yeah, I know. No one won that. No one won there, did they? I didn't mind Proof of Life. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sing his praise and say it was an amazing movie, but I didn't. didn't I, I knew what I was getting into when I watched that movie. Yeah. Again, uses Proof of Life in that movie. <laughs> you need Proof of Life. Is it going in the vault? Is it? No, it's not okay. going in the vault. No. Random Hearts. What no. lies beneath? You love what lies beneath. It was. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you now. After fucking what thirty years in Hollywood, probably even longer. Good. It's about time that Harrison Ford played a charming man that's a killer. You know he's the villain. You do know he's the, They don't even hide it, do they? And this is post, this is post um, Sixth Sense. Yeah. You know, which came out in 99. 2000s, you know. You, it does feel like a bit of a... It, you've got yeah. them like spooky movies because there's the premonitions, isn't it? There's the dead girl that keeps seeing throughout the movie, piecing it together till at the end you realise they're having an affair. He killed her. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer the wife kind of gets on to it he then tries to kill her at the end it had the infamous trailer didn't it of her in the bathtub slowly filling up with water and it kind of covering her nose and everything and it was like ah scary movie yeah and then I think the ghost helps probably helps Michelle Pfeiffer at the end yeah phones the police I mean, no, I think it <laughs> it's like what's Harrison. your name it's like no I'm a ghost I think it scares Harrison Ford for just a brief moment Please, and so it's a, the upper hand it's like boogity, boogity, boogity. It's like, oh, <laughs> a ghost I forgot about you yeah, well, I'll be honest. In. This is a dry patch here. Yeah, because then you got K nineteen, the Widowmaker. Yeah, that was that was not a good film. An expensive film as well. That didn't make money. I remember this one being like they talked about it being a box office killer, as in it killed at the box office itself. That <laughs> made no sense. I might be making this up, but wasn't there a sequel? No, I'm thinking of U five seven one. How U five seven one is based on a true story. How was there a sequel? Uh, so they, which is the film what's the sequel that Bon Jovi in <clears throat> fuck off are you kidding oh, Jesus Christ this is up there by the way first thing I got back home last week or like two weeks ago when I stopped to ask was like did you fucking know Leonard Nimoy Leonard yeah. Nimoy did three men and a baby it's all I've been talking about for like two weeks <laughs> right because I do know John Bon Jovi was in the sequel no one was asking for for Remember John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods? Yes, I do remember The that exception one. to the James Woods rule. Yes. It's acceptable. Yeah, And the Baldwin exception. <laughs> it's weird that you've got James Woods and the Baldwin in a movie, and you're mm -hmm. like, it's passable. 
It is all right. Yeah, but it's because John Carpenter elevates it. John Bon Jovi was in the sequel to that. Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, you think he's in a sequel to UB71? What? I know it's what we're talking about. It's got Matthew McConaughey, the original. Oh, God. They steal the Enigma machine. There you go. Whilst you're looking, I'm just going to now talk about... No, I've got nothing. <laughs> Please hurry. God, Bon Jovi's got more in his filmography, obviously, because the... Right, was, next yeah, week. he was in Vampires in 2002. <laughs> Nearly that. And he was in U571. It wasn't the sequel. He was it in, was in the original. one. Oh. He played Emmett. Oh, okay. It's Matthew McConaughey. I think I'm going to go to bed tonight and <laughs> cry. <laughs> but you remembered that. <laughs> I know Bon Jovi's been in things. <laughs> How pissed off would you be if he was announced in the new Star Wars film? Bon Jovi? Yeah. <sighs> but he's playing a crap. <laughs> Oh, then I'm all for it. <laughs> but the crab is central to the plot. <laughs> right then, let's uh, let's continue down Jesus this journey Christ. of who's and Harrison Ford's uh, hit list. Yeah, we're into the two thousand. So it is fair to say, bit of a dry patch now. He's not as bankable, I believe. Widow. Oh, Kate Nine. here we go. Hollywood homicide. <sighs> Do you want? Know I even remember. Re- I had, had Empire Magazine at the time, and I remember it's like it's, there was an article. It's like, oh, what's Josh Hartnett up to? He's doing a film with Hollywood legend Harrison Ford. And all I got told was they are police detectives who in their spare time to make more money, they sell houses. And I was like, right, okay, that's the film. It's uh, not great. It's shit. Wasn't good. Don't try and find positives in this no, bag not. of wank. It was, it was terrible. And like I say, it is in my grey space, my grey matter in my brain of duo cop movies in the 2000s that yeah. I couldn't give a shit about. It was bad. And the problem is, forgettable, I can't even... So the the question is, is it so bad it's good? No, it's just boring. It's bad and boring. Yeah. Um, Firewall in 2006 is the most 2006 title for a movie. When it's, when it, the world was like, uh, you know, Firewall was a new word, wasn't it? Yeah, it was because we, we, all, we all knew we needed it, but still no one really understood computers. And so this was one of these films where it's just like, Firewall. Yeah, something to do with computers. <laughs> and people will watch it and they'll become more enlightened with cyber attacks and all that kind of the stuff. The best film to ever do that was The Net. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. If you haven't seen The Net, you haven't lived. But no, uh, Firewall was the most generic one. I believe Paul Bethany Paul sets Benny him up. Is, yeah, Paul, Paul Bethany's in it. And Paul Bethany sets him up for a crime he didn't commit, just like The Net. <laughs> Which makes you think, Paul Bethany's been around for a while, hasn't it? He has. Like, and I know he's been around since pre, he predates the MCU and Vision. I know that because he was in yeah. Wimbledon. Let's never forget. Never forget. And that one where he played the, the, is it Legion? The Monk? I like that one. He plays, in Legion, he plays, um, oh, he plays the Monk in uh, Da Vinci Code, doesn't he? He does play himself. that. Mate, I'm quite surprised you haven't mentioned that he plays in, and I say he plays William Shakespeare. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> the Firewall was one of the movies in the, in the 2000s that was just like, it, it kind of took a, a, an idea, a, a paranoia, something that we're all, you, you know, computers, things that we're all, we're moving into that cyber age and you've got a fossil like Harrison Ford <laughs> in the like, lead of it. Just, the reason they got into it is because he's like disabled his web browser. It's like, do you want antivirus? Nah. <laughs> the whole film is about him being set up for the murder of a political president nominee. And then you've got Indiana Jones and the Kingdom. Fuck off. Of the Crystal Do you know what? This period is so bad. I, I love you, Forty, but you nearly killed. And that film is trash. I remember coming back from the cinema, and my dad, who I watched the first three with at Christmas every year, it was on on BBC, and my dad going, "It was it any good?" And I remember I couldn't even lie to my dad, even as like a twenty year old. Yeah, 
and being way more optimistic and full of life than I am now. And just being like, no, that was terrible. That was really, really bad. If you like the original three, do not go and watch this film. The CG, the gopher, oh, the end sequence. It starts that, off balls, doesn't it? And it don't get any better. Jonesy! I took my sister to Pizza Hut, mm. made a day of it. I was like, we're going to go see Anna Jones. I was so excited. Um, she hadn't watched any of the tri- trilogy beforehand. She was excited to go to the cinema with me. We were going to make a day of it. It was going to be, oh, it's going to be cool. You're going to love Indiana Jones. We were going to watch that and go home because I was so convinced that she would love it so much she'd want to watch the three films back to back that night. I apologise to her. She disowned you after that, didn't she? She, she did. I've seen never since. seen her since. Bless her. Is it, not only the biggest crime of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. Not only is it its title, but it's the fact that it ruins great cast. I mean, it's got a good cast. It's got Jim Broadbent. It's got William Hurt, the right Hurt. <laughs> it's got, um, oh, it's based Helena in MCU. No, it's got John Hurt. You've, do, got, you've do, got your do, Hurt's do, mixed up I've now. Got it's Hurt's got John one. Hurt in it. It's got John Hurt in it. Uh, it's got Helena, she plays the Angel of Death. I've got her name, the actress. Clay Banchett. Clay Banchett, yeah. She gets eaten by ants or something at the end, does she? No, that's the big guy. Because you always have to have a big guy. Yeah. No, she she absorbs all the knowledge from the alien schools she and she explodes. Yes, that's in light this film. Yeah. As as the alien mate, I tuned out when he gets in a fucking fridge and survives a nuclear bomb, which is like twenty minutes in. It's just like, minutes which in. is like ten minutes in. And the thing is, you've had the biggest cheer by that point anyway. It's when they have a, a shootout in this warehouse, and you realise the warehouse is where they keep all the secrets. You yeah. see you see the Ark of the Covenant, you go, oh, much better film. Mm. And it's an hour and 50 minutes of fucking Shia LaBeouf fucking oh, pissing God, about. Oh, God, I forgot he was in it. They're pissing around yeah. with fucking monkeys. And it's like, what is this Tarzan? Oh, it's horses. Having a sword fight. Until you, not only have you misused a great cast, you've fucking butchered the name. Indiana Jones was always a leap of faith. He, there's a fucking phone that talks to God you know, the idea of Alien Crystal Skulls isn't that too far out. It really isn't in comparison. But you somehow made it seem so fucking bizarre and out yeah. there. You fucking ruined it. They could have they could have also, I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole and talk about it for the whole episode. They could have gone down the route of aliens and actually debunked it. Yeah. Which would have been way more interesting. We were actually if he did at the end he did like a, a Doctor Who moment where he's like, Oh, actually, come on out from behind the curtain and he reveals. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. there could have been. But it I didn't remember watching it. Doesn't have to be like, supernatural, yeah. I was like, oh shit, there's a there's a fucking spaceship taking off with a silhouetted Indiana Jones. Like, do you remember that was like the third time they did that shot as well, where Indiana Jones was in the bottom it, left, yeah. in the in the foreground, in the background was an iconic symbol. Yeah. Like, the only one I actually thought looked awesome was when the bomb goes off. And he's in the the left hand in the foreground in the background. It's a giant nuclear explosion. But to get there, he put himself in a fridge yeah. <laughs> and was it was was somehow thrown about fourteen miles out of the fucking hell, Jonesy. Crossing over we came after that in two thousand nine. We're um, starring alongside um, two people no longer with us: Raylia and Ashley Judd. Uh, Raylia obviously passing away recently, tragically, and Ashley Judd's career just going somewhere. <laughs> it's really funny. We're recording ideas. Fucking hell. I was trying to remember, there's a film, I was on a big Tommy Lee Jones kick about a month ago, and there's a film called Double Jeopardy, which as a kid, yeah. I really liked. But she's done the time, so she can do the crime. So she, but that does not how the law works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Um, can you imagine you preempted it? But, I want to kill someone in 10 years. Can I do the time now? <laughs> <laughs> I can fucking do him. But what, what's really funny is, I was like, 
I don't know what happened to Ashley Judd. Yeah. And then seriously, what the fuck happened to Ashley yeah, Judd? She kissed the girl. She she promised it, like really good. And she did that uh, thing that you're not allowed to do in Hollywood, though. She was a woman and, and she turned over mom. forty, yeah. so yeah. she fucking done. I mean, yeah, so you're only five. You're you're, you're either Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, maybe. Mm. No, that's it. <laughs> and for anyone getting upset, we joke about this all the time, but we mean it. Like we we always go back to this, don't we? In that yeah, you know, with with women. Your career in Hollywood's over it, yeah, is if the, you turn 30, have a child, or win an Oscar, then the fucking Hollywood spits you out. And then you come back, yeah. you know, later on as a, as a, as a grandmum. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, because the problem is, by the time you get there, there's only one grandma role, but there's like 20 brilliant actresses that Hollywood just doesn't care. I liked Ashley Judd. I like Kiss the Girls. I, I was a big fan of the James, James Patterson movies. Um, Long Game know. Spider. Yeah, I like the James Patterson. I like the books uh, more so, but... Um, Morgan Freeman, I thought, really played out its cross really well. and Yeah, yeah that, I agree with you on that one. Um, I'm going to skip through a few because uh, we just keep, you know, we've got, we've got to get to the big ones now. If Cowboys and Aliens in 2011. Fucking hell. Why, the, the why ab- is that film coming up so much at the minute? <laughs> you know, the absolute be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you've been saying it, mate. And, you know, you it was a good point. Why do aliens always come back to modern time? Why don't they come in the past? This is why. This is why. Because <laughs> it's shit. Um, then you got movies like uh, 42 Paranoia in 2013. Oh, it's really scraping the barrel here. Yeah. Uh, End of this game. <laughs> I do feel, what's the problem is though, I kind of want to watch it. I mean, when you look though, we skip past Paranoia, but I mean, it's got Liam Hemsworth, Gary Oldman, Harrison Ford, Amber Heard. We probably should be talking about that film. <laughs> Julian McMahon's in it. Fucking hell. Richard Dreyfus again. Josh Holloway from Lost. Do you know why I always thought his career was going to be bigger than it was? Because he's got such a great, like, he's unique. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not a comic book hero or a villain. He, I'm not quite surprised he's not like a villain because he's tall, he's got a southern draw, which apparently makes you a villain mm. in comic book films. I'll tell you what, though, I was watching Reacher. Yeah. You know the guy who plays Reacher? Yeah, yeah. How the fuck is he not Eddie Brock in the MCU? He looks just like him. He's massive, isn't he? That yeah. uh, his name now, Alan. I'll do it anyway. Sorry, his name now. Yeah, great actor. Yeah, not Harrison Ford though, is he? No, he's Get not. Back on it. Um, <laughs> Anchorman two cameo, obviously. Uh, Expendables three played drummer. He's a nice sort of actor to be there. I like what Expendables is. It is a love letter to those kind of films. You need Harrison Ford in it. Although I would say Harrison Ford's more adventure based, not action based. Well, it, it, there's the thing. He doesn't officially replace Bruce Willis, I don't no, think. But that was the though. point, wasn't it? He's, he's the handler and does, doesn't want him to say, so like, where's the other guy? And he's like, too expensive or something because Bruce Willis' mm. fee went up for the third movie. Um, speculation. We don't know. We don't know. You don't know what you read on the internet. Um, the Age of Adeline is the next one. Adeline, is the that's the Blake Lively one where she doesn't age and they had a fling or they were romantically involved and... She should now be in her 80s or 70s or what have you when she bumps into Harrison Ford just coincidentally. He sees her and he's like, hold on. Oh, and, really? And yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen... I've, weirdly, I've seen clips on fucking Facebook about this. hearing. Yeah. But I, I remember watching it and be over then, obviously, Green Lantern, which I think Blake, Blake Lively really shone in. Um, <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not a dig at Blake Lively. That's a dig at everyone in Green Lantern. Yeah. No one survived. If Taco fucking Taco Tee didn't survive that. yeah. Um, no, I, but I, I thought that was really good. And, and Harrison Ford is the veteran actor, but Blake Lively kind of steals that. I mean, it's her, it's her film. Um, it's quite, it's quite enjoyable actually. Uh, Secret Life of Pets played Rooster. It's all right. And then we get to um, the uh, obviously Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Here we go, Renaissance. He's back. He's coming back to do the big hits. He's had a, he's had a bad time. 
Villeneuve has got his hands on the Blade Runner franchise. We like we like. Uh, I forgot his first name. Ryan Gosling. No, the, the actor's name. I know it's Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve. Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. So we know that he's he's got vision. Mm. And he wants to do a sequel. And I like Harrison Ford. He doesn't even need to be in the film. It genuinely is not his film. Ryan Gosling does a great performance. I always say that the opening 15 minutes is the greatest acting Dave Bautista's ever done and yeah, shows yeah. you he could do so much more. What a great film. Takes that weird stylized vision. We get Deckard back, who's basically living as Oboe. <laughs> Just mm. kind of like trying to find his half replicant and half human baby it's a bit weird don't really remember the storyline that much but I do like the storyline of it's not Ryan Gosling's story yeah you know, that kind of like you follow him but then basically then it's like it's not about you yeah get to fuck <laughs> and I love that they say such it. a Blade Runner thing you just to do talk about it go on got, can't skirt around it for too long James what say it Jared Lowe I liked him I thought he did it right in this. I like Gerard Leto. I, I, when he was cast as a joke, I was like, oh, give a good performance. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. <laughs> I, I, I liked Gerard Leto. I'm finding myself less liking him now. You fucking loved him when he dressed up as a cat. For the that there. was the turning point for me. That was the turning point. I Yeah, I, I liked that film, but Harrison Ford, he's there to sell the tickets because you're like, oh, I wonder if he'll be in it. It's Ryan Gosling's film and he does a great job. We've obviously um, skipped over his... Um, returning in uh, Star Wars Wars, only to be killed off but I like that he did come back you did kind of need the death and I know everyone's like it's a remake of A New Hope and do you know what after the prequel I was alright with that (laughs) I was fine with that you needed the older characters to die off we're going to have this discussion at some point we're going to revisit I know we are but I I find myself more and more loving the prequel trilogy not 100% not 100% Still some big, big plot holes in that. I don't think George Lucas had it all figured out when he wrote them films. And, you know, I think he definitely did the right thing by letting go because he was, I mean, well, that, that being said, the you know, the, the latter three didn't exactly, you know, hit a home run. But they were balls. <laughs> but the, the prequel trilogy, I, I love Naboo. I love Queen Amidala's storyline. I like Coruscant. Well, she's trying to bang stuff. a six-year-old. <laughs> I, I like... I, there's a lot of questions, isn't there? That first, it, there's, no, there's that, there's that bit, but there's also like the end of that first movie. It's like you save the galaxy, you save the queen. Is there anything I could do? Save my mum, you fuckers! Just go get her off this no, island. Seriously, it's save a lot of shit in the long run. <laughs> the third movie. It's oh, like, no, I don't know, the second one. The second one, she's like, oh, oh, you've grown up. Let's fuck. <laughs> the, the, the let's film. get to fuck, mate. Let's, let's get it in. Revenge of the Sith is like, he's, like, he's lost most of his limbs and he's like 70% burnt. Quick, put him in the back to tank. She's died during childbirth. <laughs> You know I mean? Dude, they never run back to the there's, there's a whole... she, No, it's that fucking the audacity with the robot goes, died with broken up. Fuck off. There's the a whole, force um, killed her. Th- yeah, she gave herself away. Um <laughs> there's a there's there's a whole like meme thing about Star Wars, the prequel trilogy where where, been... where something where, where it ends. You know, four we, oh, shots. No, no, yeah. I'm on about the ones where it's like, oh I guess I'll just die then. <laughs> and so there's a bit where it's like Darth Maul gets cut in half. Guagon got stabbed and it's just a picture of like Liam Neeson laying down like, oh, I guess I'll just die then. <laughs> and then the, the later one is like Padme. Um, what's it like? Anakin's like burnt, crisped, three of his limbs cut off, screaming. And she, she dies, I'll just die then. <laughs> um, Call of the Wild, I didn't watch. I was a huge fan of the book and it didn't get glowing reviews. I'm glad that they did the dog completely CGI. Yeah. Again, that story, the things that that dog goes through, James, could not be a real dog. So I'm glad that they did it. I just didn't see the film when it came out uh, and haven't got around to it. Do you remember saying that you wanted to see that? I'm sure we were at the cinema as a trailer for it and you went, oh, give that a go. Yeah, because again, I was a big fan of the novel. And 
Then you got his uh, kind of going to the small screen, like which I love a lot of veteran actors now doing. Nineteen twenty three, which is the prequel to Yellowstone. Is it Yellowstone? Yellowstone the one with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the prequel, the nineteen twenty three series, and then Shrinking, the one with um, Funny Chap. <laughs> that's his. That's his full name. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um. Oh God, I can see his face, but I can't think of his bloody name. Describe him to me. <laughs> he's in um, How I Met Your Mother. Jason Segel. Oh, no, Jason. Oh, Shrinking. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, I know what you're on about now. And then he's back as Indiana Jones in the latest instalment. And final instalment. The final instalment. He has to come out and said, it's my final go. Even Mangold. Though I don't know why Mangold even said. If Mangold's come out and said, oh, it's the final one. You don't own this franchise, Mangold. But it is the first one to be directed by someone other than Steven uh, Fucking nearly said Steven Scott. Steven Spielberg. Harrison Ford's comeback because he didn't think four was the best way to say goodbye to the his character. He if you ask Harrison Ford, the one character he he loves playing and has said he's always found it hard to say no to is Indiana Jones. And you've seen it this week. I have seen it this week. I won't do spoilers. I'm gonna tell you what I think. I'm gonna be very forthright and some of the things that I don't like, I will not specifically say, but um, this is probably how we're going to end the show. So if we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, good night. <laughs> see you, good night. Oh, before that, best, uh, other than Indiana Jones, what's your favourite uh, Harrison Ford movie? If I have to take House Harrison Ford, if I, to, if I have to take him like Han Solo out and that out, I'm going, I might go Deckard or I might, do you know what I'm going Deckard? I, I love that. I love his, I love him eating noodles in the rain. I love, I love that he's kind of a crap cop. He's, mm. he's not interested Actually, there is a weird scene where he forces himself on the robot, as I maybe might take that back. Um, or Kimball. I like Richard Kimball. I think Marshall, I think, I think, is a I think Marshall knocked it. Because we, we're on his side. You know, the one I'm guide, mm. the one I'm at, he did, he's a doctor, man. He does the work of the police. Mm. Yeah. Tommy Jones, don't give a shit. Doesn't give a fine fault, yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah, I'll go I think Kimble. Fugitive. I'm going Fugitive. I'll go I like Blade Runner, but I'm, I'm definitely going Fugitive. Yeah. No one, no one saying anything else. It's some great roles. Harrison Ford. Top we 10 of all you. time. Definitely him going in the vault. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And many of his creations and characters are already in there. So go on, it gives your spoiler-free spoiler Indiana free. Jones 5 Dial of Destiny review. So I'm going to say that Mangold, my problem with the fourth one is I don't think they, I think they forgot over time what they really made the trilogy exciting. And I know that some people don't like the second one. I still rate the second one very highly. If, the, if one and three are top 10, as in 10 out of 10, I still think... Two is nine out of ten. I still think it's up there. Fourth one for me fails to understand what made it popular. Number five opens with a de-aging process. We're back in the Second World War and Indiana Jones is on a train with Toby Jones. Is it Toby Jones? Of course it's Toby Jones. Toby, Toby Jones. Jones um, and it's a... He's there looking for <clears throat> an artifact. And the de-aging process took me back to raise a lot. Like they've done a phenomenal job. Harrison Ford did that Five o'clock shadow, mate. That is instantly on his face. I'm not a big fan of CGI. It's perfect as well. It was such a good job. I wanted the whole film to be stuck in this. Yes, you get the Samuel L. Jackson conundrum, and that's when you and I were watching Captain Marvel. You can make a 71-year-old Samuel L. Jackson look like he's 30. However, you can't change his body. And Harrison Ford is moving the move around screen like an old man, which is a shame. I would say the introduction of old characters is brilliant. Salah is back. They buy Ruth Juice. Salah's back from the movies one and three. <laughs> You've got um, a fantastic 
love of what made the first three films great and magical. You can tell that Mangold understands. There's lots of callbacks to father-son relationship. The introduction of new characters does work. There's a nice ebbing and throwing. They, you know what didn't make the fourth film work? They get rid of a lot of it. Mott's the character, Shia LaBeouf's not in it. Is written out quite well in a way that you can understand. It's darker. There's actual an undercurrent of fear. Um, Dr. Jones himself is retiring. He's given up on the world. There's a great, when we cut back to modern times or what they call present day, he retires on the same day that the astronauts come back from space, the end of archaeology and the beginning of the space. You know, like, that's killed archaeology. John Rhys Davis. John Rhys Davis, thank yeah. you. Um, so I think that's really good imagery that he retires on the same day that the astronauts are having a parade because that's what, you know, he digs in the ground, but man's just conquered the moon. There's such great, it, it, it's brilliant, and I really like that. But a film is of three acts, and the first act is probably where it's strongest. The second act with the introduction of, well, when Indiana Jones always interjects new characters, it always makes me worry. But I'm a huge Phoebe Waller-Bridge fan. Yeah, I love Flea. I like the editing that she did on the Bond film. I like her. I'm going to tell you, I think she's great. I think she's going to be a big news. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen isn't used as much as I would have liked. There is a uh, Broid Holbrook. I don't know if you... I know Broid he's Holbrook, in Logan. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I was going to say, Logan's the connection to Mangold. Holbrook is one of them people that I, I like and then don't like at the same time. He Actually, to be fair, he's in a great movie called Beckett on Netflix. Mm which not enough people have seen. Beckett's a really good film. Um, and he's also in, what was that one that I really thought, fuck, he's typical. Like, it had, uh, I won't remember the name because it's a really weird name. Yeah. It's like Shadow of the Moon Killer or whatever. It's the one with um, Dexter in it. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, 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 Boyd Holbrook, he's a weird one. He's, ne- he's never hit the home run for me, but he's been in a lot of movies that I do like. He doesn't in this either. You recognise him and you go, oh, it's him from Logan. You get, but that's all he is. He's just a henchman to Mads Mikkelsen. But oh, he was in Predator, obviously, the, not the good one. But that's maybe why I've forgotten about it. <laughs> Can, in, in the Shadow of the Moons, that that one that one about with um, with Dexter in it. But I feel like if you've got Mads Mikkelsen, um, you, you need to explore him more because he would have great chemistry with everyone. Mads Mikkelsen is arguably one of the best actors in the current generation of actors that we've got in the world. You've got Phoebe Waller-Bridge being our version of Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones being, he spends the entire film, right, so she takes something from him. She's trying to do the Indiana Jones thing of having adventures and he just wants to settle down. He doesn't care. This belongs in a museum is a line that's brought up quite a lot. Second act gets action heavy, but it's not the ridiculous over the st- over-the-top stuff you got in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's like the third one. You know, you forget that the action can be quite silly. I think Mangold's shooting is phenomenal. There's some great long shots and the action scenes are tense, you know. I think it's really well shot, well principled, well put together. There's just element X missing. And then we go on to the third act. And the third act has a 15-minute sequence in it where I wanted to pull my eyes out and burn my face off. That's not good. It's shit. And it broke my heart, mate. It's terrible. Um, It's... Again, this is a non-spoiler review. It upset me. It upset me as someone who who seemed to understand what the franchise was all about, missing the point in the last act. The last act really lets it down. Basically, I'm sorry. I'd, it's not his fault, and I'm not blaming Antonio Banderas, but when, his, when you're introduced to his character, it's all downhill from here. And I'm not saying it's anything to do with him. It's just the timing of the film. When he enters the film, I really start. I was like, oh, no. 
and it's not his fault. Like I say, his character isn't even in it for that long, or are they? I'm not going to tell you. No spoilers. It's just that's the bookmark where I was like, oh, it's, it doesn't the age well. The reviews that I've heard all correlate and align to that exact thing. Is I thought the ending, something happens that's like dangerously Kingdom of the Crystal School. It's bad. worse. I would say it's worse than anything the Kingdom of the Crystal School did. Because there's always the idea as well that Indiana Jones doesn't actually affect the storyline, especially in the first one. And the third one, if the Nazis in the first one get the telephone to God, they get the Ark of the Covenant, they open it, and surprising, they die. Yeah. In the third one... If he doesn't do the legwork of solving the riddles, they yeah, would never have got They would have never got there. So, But when they get there, they pick the wrong one anyway, and they die. Yeah. In the fourth one, and this is the one thing it got right, Kate Blanchard gets what she wants, and then she dies. Mm. Whereas in this one, Mads Mikkelsen's come up with an idea, and it goes from... It's really hard to describe Indiana Jones as realistic, but it goes from actually what you consider realistic to absurd. And it's the, the jump from absurd comes out of fucking nowhere. And when you were saying earlier, it'd be great if he debunked it. That would have worked in this. That If that had been happened, I would say, oh, this is a, I'll tell you, this, this, I do like the first two acts. The first two acts are good. There's good nostalgic. There's not, you know, when you see a film and it's, a, and it's remake or something, and it just nods, it's like winking at the audience. It goes, A, A. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has a young boy assistant, like short round from the second one. So it's not winking, but it's saying, oh, she's got her own support network as well. It's one of the most disappointing times I've ever been in a cinema because I didn't go in with high expectations because I, I'd been burnt before, you know. But we should say uh, short round is, is Kihei Kwan. Kihei. I know earlier we, we couldn't remember his name. So oh, okay. so she's got a credit. Do you know what? It wouldn't be great feature or not. Because I know he's having a renaissance at the minute and I I was disappointed. Very disappointed. And like I say, all the hard work in one and two are let down by a ridiculous moment, which you just think, fucking hell. But I'm glad they've said it's over. It Mm. needs to be over. Because I'm always a big believer on... I always say Star Wars is a franchise I'm disappointed by because there's four really good movies and there's five really shit ones, so that must mean it's a shit franchise. Indiana Jones is three great ones and two really bad ones now. So you mm. can't do another one otherwise. It makes it an all right franchise. It's the best franchise of all time. Yeah. So stop it. Well, there it is. I mean, that's our look at Harris Ford's career. Hopefully we took you down memory lane, pointing you in some, the direction of some movies you haven't seen. Maybe rekindled the light in some that you haven't seen for a while and are going to go revisit. Or maybe James has encouraged you or discouraged you from going and watching the latest in some of the Indiana Jones franchise in the Dial of Destiny. It's, it's, been, it's, it's, it's a bomb, isn't it? It's technically a bomb. It's, it, well, it's broke even, hasn't it? It's, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, when I was reading earlier, his, they said it's bombed. It's wiped his face, but it, it's come out against The Flash, um, which again, I think just given, I'm not saying The Flash is a great movie, but... The Keaton Renaissance. Of, yeah, yeah, it's kind of torn, torn audiences slightly. But I do love that we are in a time, you know, where, um, as I keep saying on this podcast... We've gone from the 2000s and early 2000s where, where the Hollywood's idea was give the audience the thing they didn't know they wanted, yeah. which didn't work. Mm. And now all of a sudden it's give the audience exactly what they want. Exactly Get what they Michael want. Keaton back you know, as a seven-year-old Batman. Get Indiana Jones back. Some aren't going to hit you know, yeah. hit, hit a home run every time. But then again, at least we get to go out of this life saying, well, we did get to see it. We did get to see, you know, we did get to, because I'm always that fan as well. I, I I want the Wizard of Oz thing. I want to look behind the curtain. I don't want to get there and not get the mystery. I want to go behind the curtain and see who's pulling the strings. Yeah. And, and I always think films are brave when they do that. And I want to live in a life where I, you know, I could I could have chosen not to go and watch The Flash, you know, and, and 
or, or I can choose to go watch and see that third installment of Michael Keaton's Batman. So same with Indiana Jones. When I do go around to watching it, um, which probably this week, uh, you know, I could not, but I'm going to because it's Indiana Jones. It is Harrison Indiana Ford. Jones. And there are some good moments in it. It's Harrison it's Ford. Mason. It's That's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, I, mm. I feel like though, her, the films that she appears in, they don't do that well, do they? <laughs> she, she, I know and, you're talking about the solo movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she just needs to get a better agent because <laughs> she's better than this. Mm. I've never seen her in Broadchurch. I think she comes into Broadchurch does in she? Like season two. Oh, my watch that. Yeah, she does. She's a reporter. Uh, no, no, she no, she's the cop. She's the, she's the, she's, oh, fucking yeah. Oh, she could be a reporter. I don't know. But yeah, she was in, I remember seeing her in Broadchurch in the second season. Um, Right then, that is our show for this week. It, it, it was it was fun. It was emotional. Thank you for doing this. Let us me. know on the social media, uh, you know, what your favorite Harrison Ford movies are. Um, let us know if there's any that we skipped on that we need to go back and revisit. That is our show for this week. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Bye.